Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I have hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it begins with love. Love from the Hip. Psychologist Toru Satu writes about the rhythm that exists not only in nature, but in relationships as well. He explains that some people have soft shells with open pores, and others have hard shells with closed pores. Those with soft shells dance to a very sensitive, smooth rhythm of giving and receiving, while those with hard shells dance to a rough rhythm of giving and taking. Sato explains that people with hard shells tend to interrelate with others who have a rough rhythm because it gives them a sense of comfort and familiarity, which allows them to sink to their immediate environment. Conversely, if a person with a hard shell interacts with a person with a soft shell, this person may feel uncomfortable, alienated, and disinterested. Reason being, a soft shell person will not take lots of energy nor expect a lot of energy in return. At the same time, a soft shell person will feel overstimulated and shaken out of their stable comfort zone. Because each of these types cannot get the rhythm they are familiar with, they will feel out of sync. According to Sato, interacting with people that match our own rhythm enables us to experience unity because the other person seeks to attend our desires and expectations. People who match our own rhythm have interpersonal behavior patterns that are compatible with us. A study conducted by Lumsden, Miles, and Macri from the School of Psychology at the University of Aberdeen in the UK sought to explore the impact of intentional synchrony versus asynchrony on an individual's self-esteem and their feelings of social connection with a partner. The findings revealed that individuals felt better about themselves after periods of synchronous compared to asynchronous movement while they perceived a greater self-other overlap with their partner. They also concluded that experiencing interpersonal synchrony establishes the common ground in which effective social interactions unfold and contributes to a higher self-esteem. Since self-esteem is suggested to monitor others' reactions in their surrounding environment, an environment that is socially accepting and in sync essentially boosts self-esteem. Dr. Randy Gunther postulates that recognizing individual relationship rhythms both in ourselves and in our partners is crucial to the longevity of a relationship. She says that although a couple can have a great communication, they can still fail at successful connecting because their connection rhythms are out of sync. The five relationship realms of synchronization, according to Gunther, are physical, emotional, sexual, intellectual, and spiritual. In the physical realm, Gunther explains that this would be how much and what kind of physical contact one partner desires versus the other. For example, some may crave prolonged hugs, while others may desire short physical connections. In the emotional realm, some may seek more of a heart-to-heart connection, while others may not. Gunther explains when partners have different emotional rhythms and ways of expressing them, they cannot effectively resolve whatever issue is on the table, no matter what the issue is. In the sexual realm, Gunther says there are four parts to every sexual experience. The first is courtship, or the non-sexual flirtation. The second is physical arousal. The third is pillow talk, or the sharing of vulnerable emotions. And the fourth is orgasm. Gunther explains both men and women differ widely on how often and how long they want a sexual connection to last. So it is important to communicate this. 
In the intellectual realm, Gunther shares that when two people are in sync intellectually, their conversations are a communal and reciprocal exchange of dreams, ideas, goals, feelings, attitudes, concerns, needs, and hungers. They build on one another's ideas, creating synergy and more curiosity. Discrepancy occurs when one may not know how to listen or understand a line of thinking different from their own. There is also a speed, volume, and intensity which must mesh for intellectual singing to occur. In the spiritual realm, Gunther explains, although it is not necessary for both partners to drive inspiration from the same source, it is, however, crucial to respect and support each other's beliefs. Gunther explains that oftentimes new lovers are eager to prematurely mesh these physical, emotional, sexual, intellectual, and spiritual gears, and by doing so, when the relationship matures, disharmony can emerge. She stresses that in order for an intimate relationship to have a chance at long-term survival, new partners must be willing to look at where their rhythms automatically intermesh and where they may need to alter them for the relationship communication to flourish. Sato says we all have a natural motivation to grow if we do not lose that motivation due to being hurt. If we do decide to grow, then will we inevitably take on a new rhythm? So how do we go about applying that rhythm to a relationship, especially a new one? Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing transpersonal psychotherapist Kim Garland. She will talk about rhythms, patterns, projections, and concepts such as set and setting and above or below the line in the early stages of love and relationships. Plus, later on the show, we will open up the phone line so you can ask him a question around our discussion today. So stick around after this quick break. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today, I have the pleasure of having transpersonal psychotherapist Kim Garland on my show. Hey, Kim, thanks for being in the studio today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I want to start with a relaxation frame. Essentially, it's a frame just to invite people to relax into this conversation. And I've just learned when I'm working with people that a lot of the information that I share is new. And oftentimes, people can get overwhelmed and when we get overwhelmed, we have a tendency to change our neural structure. We, our brain actually changes, and then we're not able to receive as much information as we could. So one of the things I'd like everybody to do who's listening is that a lot of this information may be new for you. And just trust that whatever you're meant to get from this conversation, you will get. And relax into it as something passes over you. Let it pass over you. The nice thing about uh, media these days is it's recorded. You can come back to it as many times as you want. It's always going to be available to you. And um, certainly if you want to know more information, we can talk about how to find out more information. But just let it just wash over you and let it absorb in whatever is ready and the timing for that to absorb in. Yeah, that's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so can we talk about rhythms and relationships 
and how they affect them. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was listening a lot to your introduction, and I especially like the hard shell and the soft shell um, metaphor that, you, that you've used. One of the things that stood out for me, and I see this happen a lot in my, my practice, is to be able to recognize your own rhythm and your own pattern is really to know thyself. Hmm. And sometimes we can get caught up in other people's rhythms, other people's realities, and um, we can lose ourselves in those. And we don't know who we are. And um, I use with my clients, and you've already referred to it, which is a model and above the line, below the line, and the line itself. So it's actually a three parts to this model. Oftentimes people forget about the line itself and they just go right for above the line and below the line. Um, and essentially that model really helps provide a tool to get into this perspective about knowing thyself and not getting swept away in other people's rhythms and patterns. And then we can get into power struggles over the shell form, soft shell, hard shell, um, where we start to blame somebody for their hard shell rubbing up on our soft skin <laughs> and feeling quite shaped <laughs> for it. Uh -huh. um, so I think it's a really valuable tool to help understand, um, really know thyself and recognize that we have um, deeply indoctrinated into our Western worldview mm -hmm. um, a below-the-line model. It shows up in parenting. It shows up in, um, in school systems. It shows up in uh, work situations where there is a hierarchical power struggle situation. Okay. Um, that's really where it gets set in. Well, since we're there, let's let's go right into the concept <laughs> <laughs> and explain for my listeners sure. what that means. Absolutely. So um, one of the things, if anybody is you know able to write this down, this is an, a really nice visual tool. Obviously, if you're driving, this is something that you can come back to later. You can maybe visualize it as I as I describe it. But essentially, what I do is I. I have um, someone take a piece of paper and draw a, a line on the paper and actually have them draw a double line on it. And that really dissects the top and the bottom of the paper. And on the bottom of the paper, um, I, have, um, I have them write emotions, essentially emotions such as fear, blame, judgment, contempt, separation. Um, so, I mean, there's a ton of words. And, yeah. and as we speak, I'll be adding more guilt. words. So that's a below the line, <laughs> right? Guilt. That's Shame. a great word. Shame. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Really great words. Um, and those emotions really help um, you find your location. Where okay. am I right now? And, and above the line, it's creative, collaborative, connected, um, feeling happy, feeling joy. And so we essentially put on this map, this cartography, um, emotions to help identify where am I. Hmm. And then the line itself really represents a space of neutrality, a sense of non-attachment. And in order to actually have a sustainable above-the-line existence, there really needs to have um, a line established. And each one of these three regions represents the brain. So the lower region, the below-the-line, represents the cerebellum and the limbic system. Hmm. The line itself represents the medial line of the prefrontal cortex, and the above the line is really the prefrontal cortex. And that's where we really see a lot of creation abilities. This is a gross oversimplification of the brain, but from our perspective, it, it really kind of helps put things um, into a frame. Yeah. The way that our brains work is um, when we become in some way threatened, we will 
change the blood flow. So our nervous system gets kicked off. And what happens is the blood flow redirects on our brain to the lower regions of the brain. And we're utilizing our map that we know to be true in the world to make some quick decisions. It's actually quite an efficient process. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it makes sense if you're truly in physical threat. But we tend to mix up egoic threat to physical threat. So the ego is mm -hmm. actually not the enemy. The ego is actually there to help us um, to keep our physical bodies alive. Right. So that's that's the bottom, the, the below the line and how that area works. And you're talking also about the fight or flight response, yep. correct? That's fight, yeah. flight, freeze. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Our defense mechanisms mm -hmm. will kick off. Okay. The line itself, um, the medial line of the prefrontal cortex, um, that actually gets developed through mindfulness practices. Essentially, it's our ability to be aware of what we're focused on. It's mm -hmm. our ability to make an assessment of our environment to say, is this environment truly threatening me? And if it is not, then how am I going to respond to the situation? So it's kind of the traffic cop that decides what part of your brain are you going to be utilizing when you're responding to a situation. Okay. Is it also like in flow with your consciousness? Would, would that be how you describe it? I too? would say that that probably is your, con yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say is your consciousness <laughs> because we can't really identify the, oh, this part of the brain is where consciousness sure. comes from. But it certainly is the traffic cop to allow for you to have consciousness. So essentially, the greater that gray matter is of that area, the more, I would say, you have access to um, choice. Okay. Right? All right? So versus below the line is more relying upon the scripts that are in place that you already have laid down to keep you safe. Okay. All right. And. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to interrupt you here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I see that. <laughs> so we're going to have to take a quick break. But remember, this is a live show. And if you have a question for Kim about your own personal relationship or love pertaining to whatever we've already discussed, or feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. Post-traumatic stress syndrome affects people from all walks of life, triggered by sexual assault, traffic, collisions, warfare, or other threats to life. PTSD is a killer. Every day, an average of 22 veterans commit suicide due in part to PTSD. Retired U.S. Colonel Debbie Simpson struggled with her own PTSD, following a military career specializing in critical care. Debbie turned to dancing as a way to heal unresolved grief, guilt, and shame caused by the losses of war. The benefits were so great that she founded the nonprofit Battlefield to Ballroom, a unique approach to assisting other brave warriors. Battlefield to Ballroom has partnered with famed dance company Arthur Murray International to help veterans in need. If you or someone you know can benefit, log on now to battlefieldtoballroom.org. That's Battlefield, the number two, ballroom.org. Life is a dance, and you can give the gift of the first steps towards recovery. Donate at battlefieldtoballroom.org today. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura, skin, and mind.com. 
S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. At Madsen Medical Spa, our goal is a healthy, beautiful you. We're a full-service medical spa, but our focus is educating people on maintaining health and wellness. We're excited to announce a new addition to our menu, Nootropic Popular Beverage. This magical drink formulation alleviates unnecessary snacking while keeping you focused and alert throughout your day. It satisfies your hunger, renews your energy, enhances your mood, diminishes aches and pains. Essentially, it makes you happy. And who doesn't want to be happy? Patients have already been raving about Nootropic Popular Beverage. They've elevated their mood while losing inches in the process. It's safe, natural, fast, and effective. Drink happy, feel happy. Nootropic Popular Beverage, happiness in a cup. Available at happytoelevate.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-T-O-E-L-E-V-A-T-E.com. Or call 206-234-9188. Warning, you may feel happy. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Kara Sutter. Don't forget to tune in right here on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing transpersonal psychotherapist Kim Garland on my show. And remember, if you have a question for Kim about your own relationship, dating or love, and also pertaining to anything we've already discussed, you can call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Kim, before the break, you were explaining the line, right. below the line. Mm-hmm. So what is above the line? So above the line is where you find more acceptance and tolerance and creativity and collaboration and connection to others. It's really what our deepest heart desire is in the relationship when you were talking about um, symbiotic relationships, Mm -hmm. that's really where you find a sustainable symbiotic relationship. So oftentimes when we meet someone, there is an artificial and temporary lift in the relationship. That's when we project onto the others, all of our hopes and dreams that we would want to see in the other person. Right. And, and then so that's what they would call um, the romantic phase or the honeymoon phase of a right. relationship. Right, or Gunther had said, like, the eager mesh. Okay, the <laughs> eager mesh, right, exactly. <laughs> so those are the, the early stages of the relationship where you see all things are possible and all things have potential in that relationship. And I think that's a wonderful phase to be in in the relationship. I, I know that there are some people who go into that with a lot of caution and, well, you know, and they start to look for flags. And, okay. Um, and that's where I try to encourage people to, to take a different perspective on this, to not look at flags, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But so you're like, uh, oh, <laughs> you're no, going, I like, want to talk about flags. Oh, so how do we stay <laughs> in like, that romantic wait, right. phase and not have it right. go sour? Exactly. And that's really yeah. the point of um, to having a sustainable above the relationship, which is what you see all things possible with this person that you're with is what's available to you um, within yourself. It mm. starts from within 
um, that you're projecting onto this other person all things possible. And then what happens is something triggers you in the relationship. And that's when your flagging system comes up. So you see somebody do something that you have experienced in the past relationship that causes you to become um, tremendously alarmed, and then your defense mechanism comes up. You become afraid, and then you drop below the line. Mm-hmm. Very early on in relationships, you do see a below-the-line dynamic um, set in, and and oftentimes it's difficult to get out of that dynamic once, once it's set in. And there's a reason why it's difficult to get out of that, because there's three things you don't do when you're below the line, and there's one thing that you do do when you're below the line. The three things you don't do when you're below the line is you don't analyze it. You don't analyze the situation. Mm -hmm. You don't act, react, or respond to the situation. And you limit contact to others unless that other can hold the line for you. Mm -hmm. And if you do any of those three things, you're actually going to perpetuate the below the line. So this is often what happens in relationships, especially early on, is you have all this potential. You're super excited. They trigger you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, this person. I know this before. Okay, you're already analyzing from a, from below the line, <laughs> right, right. right? And then you actually set up the situation to – it's that idea of loss of attraction, right, where you set up the situation where you end up making that happen. Mm. And then you perpetuate and you project onto the other person. Is that setting the dynamic then also for yes. the whole relationship? Yeah, it does. So how do you pull out of that? So you go for the line. Okay. <laughs> so you, do, you don't do those three things. <laughs> right. And you do the one thing. And, and So what does it mean to go for the line? And that really is a sense of non-attachment. I don't mean detached. I don't mean dissociate. I mean non-attachment. That would be what I would call like the scientific mindset, where you're truly interested and engaged in some sort of phenomenon, but you're holding back judgment. You're holding back conclusion. And you're pulling back and you're asking yourself, what else could this be besides the conclusion that my mind wants to draw? And I wonder. I wonder what's happening here. Now, again, you don't actually answer those questions Right. In the moment, because you might still be triggered. Okay. But you're asking those questions to almost elevate you up to a more neutral position. And you're essentially putting your nervous system on alert to say, I'm not going to believe anything I'm perceiving right now. Hmm. Because when we become triggered, again, we're dropping to our scripts. We're dropping to the programs that, that we, we know to be, that have already been set and then we're filtering out all the information and only allowing in what matches what we already know to be true in the world. That's why things that's why rhythms and patterns repeat themselves. Okay. Because we're screening the information because we're trying to look for safety. Right. We're screening the information to make sure we're safe. Right. And so we're then we start to create a dynamic in a relationship. Okay. Does it also help to maybe have a mentor or someone to talk to? I think that's probably one of the best tools that we all can have. Is And that's the idea of somebody holding the line for you. Mm. It's very difficult to ask of yourself in your own um, sense, in your own perspective, to step outside of your perspective. So it is asking for someone who has that line. I'm not talking about the friend that says, oh, he's such a jerk. Right. Or she's <clears throat> such a, mm, you know, <clears throat> fill in yeah. the blank here. Um, that's not someone who's holding the line for you. So what it would look like for someone to hold the line for you is to be curious about, okay, so this happened. I'm curious, you know, how did you perceive this? What's going on within you? And the person is actually helping you explore you hmm. and your reality because all of these projections are really our own shadows 
that we're putting onto another person. And that person is just holding that position for you to project on. Where relationships get stuck below the line is that person cannot hold the line and allow you to project onto them. Instead, they get triggered. Mm. And then they drop below the line. Right. And then they counter project on top of you. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, I know you. You're the one who doesn't see me. And you're the one who's going to tell me I'm this one, I'm that. And you don't understand what I'm saying. And then, well, no, you're not listening to me. And you see these repetitive arguments that go on and on. So it's very difficult to ask for most people. Um, I think it's it's. I don't. I haven't really met anybody. Maybe the Dalai Lama or Pema Chodron have really mastered this. But again, they're not exactly in a romantic relationship, <laughs> so it might be easier for them to do that. Right. But where they have total capacity and tolerance for people to project onto them their perspective and for them to not get triggered and make it about themselves. That's when I say you make right. it about yourself. You bite the hook. Uh-huh. Is when someone says, "Oh, you did this," yeah. and you bite the hook and you say, "No, I didn't." Right. You just bit the hook. Okay. You just got defensive. Right. You can that to to be able to um, take the projection is for someone to say you did this and then you inquire. You actually hold the space and say, oh, tell me about this that I did. Help me understand your perspective. And you hold space for that person. Yeah. Yeah. So is it more common than to have below the line relationships? I'd say probably over 90 (laughs) percent of the population has a below the line relationship. Give us some hope here, Kim. So what's an above (laughs) the line relationship look like? Sure. Yeah, no. A sustainable above the line relationship is where you see a tremendous amount of tolerance. Actually, there's a really great book. It just came into my mind right now called If the Buddha Married. It's a Mm -hmm. great book. It's a great book that talks about um, what a sustainable above-the-line relationship would look like. Essentially, there's tremendous tolerance and acceptance for yourself and for the other person. That means that that could mean that you guys have different um, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You have a different uh, religious um, belief system. You may have different parenting styles. You know, you could have differences in a partnership and you can perceive the world quite differently, but there's immense tolerance and acceptance. I mean, if you just step back and say, wow, if this world truly lived above the line. Yeah. There are all of these isms that we see wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. There's not a sense of separation. There's a sense of um, faceted, right, that there's all of these differences are like a mosaic. That if you look at a mosaic, what makes a mosaic so amazing is that all of these tiles or whatever the the medium is that makes the mosaic, all of those are very unique. But they're collectively making this beautiful image Mm -hmm. that would be very different than a monochrome, all one color. You really wouldn't see much dimension or design. Right. That's really what unity, that's what sustainable above the line relationships or in a sustainable above line world would be. So it's my deepest desire for the world to um, move to an above the line um, reality where we stop looking at separation. So what are some things then you would recommend for individuals to do and take on Mm -hmm. for themselves to be above the line? That's a really great question. So one is just um, recognize um, this model, recognize this Mm. tool is available to you. It's a really easy tool. Um, I won't charge you for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I actually didn't even develop it. I thought it's so funny. I actually thought I created this with my clients. Uh-huh. And then I had a client come in and she said, oh, yeah, oh, I found the video on that. And I'm like, what, what, why do you mean video? What? I don't understand. And uh-huh. so she sent me the link to it. And it was actually being used by um, 
an organization, I think, called Conscious Leaders. Um, they've been using it to help organizations. It's oh, not wow. quite as yeah. um, filled out. It's it's a little bit more um, business-oriented, business yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh, which, to me, just kind of points to collective consciousness, how things can come in from di- various different avenues. avenues. Yeah. Um, and I was like, so first my, my ego took a hit. Like, oh, my God, I totally <laughs> created this. And then I was like, oh, this is actually really cool that this is coming in in many different um, arenas. Um, so anyway, so the, one is to recognize that there is – um, a cartography, a map, a blueprint that you can look at and perceive the world from a very different perspective. And then the second thing is to really commit yourself to mindfulness practices. That line in the model is really critical in order to have the above the line existence. Without that line, there is no above the line. There's mm. just below the line. Okay. And it's not about getting to above the line. The above the line actually just shows up once you are at the line. You can't, there's a thing called spiritual hijacking. Uh We also call it denial in the psychology field (laughs) or distraction Uh where you're like, I'm just going to think happy thoughts. I'm going to think happy thoughts. So, you know, from that perspective, there's, if you really commit yourself to developing the line, which is mindfulness practices, Mm -hmm. then, then you will find the line becomes available to you. You cannot create the above the line. Okay. You can create the line right and then the above the line shows up okay there's space for it all right awesome well thanks for explaining that yeah (laughs) yeah well we're gonna have to take another break but remember this is a live show and if you have a question for kim you can call in 188-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break on this weekly skinny i would like to discuss hydroquinone now that summer is over You may be noticing more increased pigmentation or brown spots on your skin. Maybe even melasma too, which is a deeper patching of pigmentation most commonly visible above the upper lip and also on the upper cheeks or forehead. With all of this increased pigmentation, it would be tempting to reach for something like hydroquinone, which is a topical bleaching agent used to lighten those unwanted spots. Hydroquinone works by blocking a key enzyme along the melanin or pigment producing pathway in the body. And many doctors in the U.S. are combining it with retinoids and corticosteroids to really brighten the skin. A study done in the past on rodents, however, showed some evidence of hydroquinone being a carcinogen. On August 29, 2006, the FDA expressed concern for its mutagenic and carcinogenic properties and proposed a ban on all over-the-counter sales of cosmetic products containing hydroquinone. According to the FDA, almost 65 companies sell over 200 different types of skin lightening products containing hydroquinone. Despite the FDA's efforts, or maybe lack of efforts, since they are the powers that be, hydroquinone is still marked generally safe and effective. With 2% formulations available over the counter, while a 4% or higher needs a script from your dermatologist. In spite of the US's leniency on the sale of hydroquinone, It is banned in several other countries, including Japan, Australia, and the European Union. There are also risks to using hydroquinone long-term, a phenomenon called ochronosis or increased blue-black darkening of the skin can occur. This was first reported in black men and women in South Africa, Britain, and the US. Other serious side effects associated with using hydroquinone are abnormal function of adrenal glands and high levels of mercury in the bloodstream not to mention increased skin sensitivity and irritation, and a higher risk of sun damage. 
There are safer alternatives to using hydroquinone, like topical clinical grade skincare products containing ingredients like bioavailable vitamin A, vitamin C, alpha hydroxy acids, niacinamide, and more. If you are struggling with pigmentation, I recommend the Melifade system from Environ or the Melanolite skin brightening system from Epionce. Both are much safer, yet still effective, and available at sakuraskinandmind.com. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your criticisms, your questions, and well wishes. Let me know how I am doing. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing transpersonal psychotherapist Kim Garland on my show. And remember, if you have a question for Kim about your own relationship, dating, or love, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Kim, you hear a lot these days about mm-hmm. the relationship between an empath and a narcissist, mm-hmm. and I actually feel like I'm part of that <laughs> sometimes in my past. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how, what is your perception yeah. then on that? That's a great question. Um, yeah, so the way that I have um, experienced or read or my perspective on empath and narcissist really is a framing up of below the line. I see often like be careful, look for the red flags, which again, if you go back to what we've been talking about, which is all a below the line perspective. Everyone has a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde within them. We all do. We Mm -hmm. all have the dark side and we have the light side. When you hear someone talk about narcissist, when you hear someone talk about a psychopath, a sociopath, there truly are. I mean, from a clinical perspective, there really are people who are um, do have some neurological um, effects of that. But that's generally not what we're talking about when you see people talk about narcissism the way that they're talking about in relationships. What you're actually talking about is a person, how they show up in their defensive stance. A narcissist is quite self-centered. They um, can manipulate others. That's that's the same thing as being below the line, meaning our survival mentality kicks in. If you have a fight, fight, freeze survival mentality, what you typically see is what they would call an empath is someone who is quite giving. Mm-hmm. So there's someone who's going to, um, you know, sometimes they get called a doormat. There's a lot of negative terminology out there, but they're essentially, I would actually say they're more like healers, which is what we've talked about, yeah. right? There's that healer mentality, which is, you know, I can fix you. I can help you. Oh, I see what's wrong with you. Um, so we're already setting up a below the line 
co- codependent or entanglement dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then our desire to step into someone else's lane and to heal that other person in that way, like, oh, I can help you with this. We really set up the dynamic to attract to us someone who would like our help. So, oh, great. Oh, my gosh. I've been looking for you. The most amazing person in the world. Thank you for helping me. I really want to do that. You can see how that dynamic is already setting up where this person says, well, wait a minute. You told me that you this was yours to fix. Right. And so now you see that click in. So the survival mentality is where um, we become very self-centered because you can't thrive if you're dead. I don't know if you knew that, but you can't thrive <laughs> if you're dead. True statement. So absolutely. <laughs> so so we do turn into when we become we become trigger, triggered, we turn in and we say, okay, what do I need from the situation to to um, be okay? From an empath, which is really a healer in my perspective, there I need to make sure this person um, is is okay. I need to make sure they're healed. So they lean in and they try to heal the other person. The narcissist, what they call the narcissist, not the actual narcissist, but the narcissist says, no, you, this is yours to fix. Remember, you said you were going to fix it. So this is your problem. You need to fix it. <laughs> and so, so there sets this dynamic. And so, and once that clicks in, it goes back to the model. You know, mm. you're, we're, we're constantly analyzing it from that perspective. We're coming up with plan, plans and strategies from that perspective and then we're engaging from that perspective. And then it stays. It perpetuates from right. that perspective. And then what happens is when it breaks up, you take your little diary out and you start to write more flags for yourself. <laughs> well, watch this. And all you're trying to do is perfect below the line. Right. And it's not about perfecting below the line. So It's about transcending it. Okay. So, and, and since we're talking about healers, I mean, how as a healer, because I mean, that's what you want, right? You mm-hmm. want to raise everyone up. Right. So how do you protect yourself? Stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's as simple as stay in your lane, which is you certainly can have empathy and compassion for another person, mm-hmm. but recognize that you are not that person and you cannot make change for that person. Okay. So it's exactly what I was talking about before. If you have the capacity within yourself to hold the line, meaning you have the ability to allow someone to project onto you how that looks is, oh, I am agitated today because you didn't make me dinner. (laughs) You told me you were going to make me dinner or you told me you were going to buy me something or you told me because of you, I feel this way. Right. As a healer, the most best (laughs) healing you can do is to hold the line, which is to say, oh, that's really an interesting perspective. Let's go in and explore that from their point of view. Mm. Now, that's really hard to do. Right. That's a big ask for yourself <laughs> to ask yourself to be projected all over and not get triggered. I get triggered from my partner anytime he projects onto me. I know I get triggered. So in that case, I know I'm triggered. I don't blame him for projecting onto me, which is, what do you mean? I was busy. I didn't want to make you dinner. Why do I always have to make dinner? Mm-hmm. Okay, now I've bit the hook. Instead, I'm like, ooh, I'm triggered. I feel it. I feel it because I'm looking at my little graph and I'm like, I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) I feel resentful. I feel, you know, pick the word. Uh, And so I back up and I look for my neutral position. That might mean leaving the room and going to meditate. That might mean leaving the room and going for the walk. Mm. Or if I can't leave the room like I'm in the car, I just button my lip and I look out the window. Right. So it might mean that I need to leave energetically or leave physically. But I absolutely own that my reaction is my reaction. You Mm. didn't do this to me. You triggered me, but that's still my reaction. And so I own my reaction 
I find a sense of neutrality. Sometimes I need to repair. So my kids tend at times, not always, my, te- my <laughs> kids have a special place for me and they can trigger me. And there's been a maybe one time or two <laughs> that I've responded um, in a in a below the line way right. where I can snip at them. I can get angry at them. I can get frustrated with them. Sure. Um, and so I become reactive. Uh, as soon as I realize that I'm actually my kids are usually good about letting me know that I'm triggered and they'll say to me, Mom, you should go meditate. Um, Mom, so you're below the line right, right now. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they're really pretty quickly. We don't get very far down the road. Yeah. Um, they'll say simply, they'll they'll remind me that I have a mindfulness practice that brings me to the line. That's awesome. It's really great. And, yeah. and I'm, I button my lip and I'll go find my space and then I will come back and repair and say, I'm really yeah. sorry. I, I never say, if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have responded that way. You're already setting up enmeshment patterns. Right. You're already setting up a belief system with kids to say, well, if only you had done it this way, I wouldn't have reacted this way. If mm. only you would have listened to me, you wouldn't be hurting. Yeah. That's, that's where it's with all the best of intentions. That's really where it gets set in. Yeah. So that's and then that's when you see these dynamics happen in relationships where people are are using psychological labels that truly are not the psychological, the pathological labels. There's very specific criteria for narcissism, for psychopath. Very, very few people actually fit within those labels. So it's been used quite loosely. It's being it's being it's being overly used. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well I like how you kind of um, expanded the model to your relationship with your children. Oh absolutely. I would imagine it also um, transpires over to your work relationships. Any too. relationship you have. So basically the moment you get up in the morning, yeah. whether it be relationship <laughs> to yourself, uh-huh. whether it be relationship to your partner, to your children, to the bus driver, to if you are relating to someone, this model applies, including yourself. Go look in the mirror. Same thing. Checking in. Yeah. Check in with yourself. Yeah. Really ask of yourself when I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, oh, my gosh, uh, my eyes are puffy or, oh, my God, I look so disgusting or I'm so awful. You're below the line. Okay. All right. You hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, we're going to have to take another break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Post-traumatic stress syndrome affects people from all walks of life, triggered by sexual assault, traffic, collisions, warfare, or other threats to life. PTSD is a killer. Every day, an average of 22 veterans commit suicide due in part to PTSD. Retired U.S. Colonel Debbie Simpson struggled with her own PTSD, following a military career specializing in critical care. Debbie turned to dancing as a way to heal unresolved grief, guilt, and shame caused by the losses of war. The benefits were so great that she founded the nonprofit Battlefield to Ballroom, a unique approach to assisting other brave warriors. Battlefield to Ballroom has partnered with famed dance company Arthur Murray International to help veterans in need. If you or someone you know can benefit, log on now to battlefieldtoballroom.org. That's Battlefield. The number two, ballroom.org. Life is a dance, and you can give the gift of the first steps towards recovery. Donate at battlefieldtoballroom.org today. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. 
BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray, free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Want a more youthful figure no matter what age? Find answers at Madsen Medical Spa. Allow doctors Aaron and Paul to help you eliminate your frustration with weight management. Say no, no to yo-yo, diets, and exhausting exercise grinds. Madsen Medical Spa will do the heavy lifting for you and coach you all the way through to your ideal weight. We offer the latest and greatest in body sculpting and body contouring lasers and devices, high-quality nutritional supplements and meal replacements, as well as mindful practices. We will treat the inside to treat the outside, and it's all personal. Personally tailored for you. Men and women, drop inches, not just pounds, and see a healthy, beautiful you. Consultations are free. Results are priceless. Log on to MadsenMedSpa.com. That's M-A-D-S-E-N MedSpa.com. Or call 425-656-8008. That's 425-656-8008. Get the shape you want this summer. Become a healthier, more beautiful you. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing transpersonal psychotherapist Kim Garland on my show. So, Kim, I want to ask you how the set and setting concept applies to this whole above, below, and holding the line model. Yeah, so set is referring to mindset, and setting is referring to the environment that you are in at the moment. So mindset is obviously bringing in the idea that there is a new way of perceiving, recognizing that we all have our lens, that we all have our worldview, and that worldview has been informed by the way that we've been raised. It could be the family that we were raised in, the city that we were raised in, the gender, the race that we were raised in. We all have a worldview. I have identical twin brothers, and they don't have the same worldview. Mm-hmm. So every single individual has their own worldview. And so that's mindset. So in, in recognizing that we all have our own perspective and our own way of seeing the world, that, that there is a mindset of openness that we can move into. And so the, the invitation to this model is to recognize that there is an open way that we can relate to life. So that's the mindset. Mm. The setting is recognizing that um, our settings really do affect our mindset, the set itself. The setting is, you know, sitting in um, bumper-to-bumper traffic can be very triggering for people. It can make you feel claustrophobic. It can make you feel stuck. It certainly can agitate you if you're feeling stuck in your life in general Mm -hmm. to be sitting in traffic day after day and really saying, what am I doing with my life? Um, you could go home. You can find that you're, you feel in your relationship um, a sense of monotony or a sense of um, feeling misunderstood or a sense of feeling alone. Or maybe you are alone and um, you're going into your place and everything in there reminds you of being alone. 
So it's very, very difficult to ask of yourself to make a paradigm shift. And the paradigm shift is essentially applying this above the line perspective. It's very challenging to expect yourself to make a, ch- a shift without a supportive environment. Mm. And, and that really is bringing in the help of um, resources. I often encourage clients to resource, whether it be, you know, get into a therapeutic um, alignment, uh, support yourself rela- with relationships that are going to help you make this paradigm shift. Um, be very mindful of the environments that you're in um, and just Remind yourself that if you are feeling threatened in your environment, that's not going to be a situation that's going to help you with a paradigm shift. If you feel threatened by your environment, you're going to stay below the line. So that's setting. Mm, Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been practicing psychotherapy? So I have quite an interesting career background. I actually um, started out in the 90s as a CPA, a certified public accountant. (laughs) I was heavily influenced by my father. Uh-huh. Um, to have something to fall back on. Right. And actually, I was just talking about this earlier today with someone else that um, he reinforced within me um, the idea of safety, which mm-hmm. is, you know, in all businesses, the last ones to turn off the lights are the accountants. So there was, <laughs> that's how I moved into a field. I received feedback really early on. Um, this doesn't seem to be like a good fit for me because I tended to um, challenge. I would see... Um, uh, dissonance often this below the line reality is something that I have um, have a lot of direct experience with and um, then my second career which took me about 20 years to make the shift from when the point that I realized I wanted to move into more of the um, psychotherapy psychology practice it took me about 20 years to make that full-blown shift but in in 2004 I believe it was 2000 about 15 years ago I actually um, became fully licensed and started to go into practice. Okay. So how does your work vary or differ, sorry, yeah, from traditional psychotherapy? So um, I would say that at least the psychotherapy that I was indoctrinated into is really based off of a pathological medical model. It really looks at humans. Um, they kind of count human existence once you're born, so the attachment phase on and, and it's almost like we're fleshy robots mm-hmm. that we are mechanized that we have um, we're essentially our consciousness is developed by our brain itself there really isn't the idea of spirituality or consciousness embedded within the traditional psychotherapy model I am um, and, and you don't have to come in and see me with any beliefs. In fact, many of my clients don't have a spiritual belief. And I don't mean religion. You right, know, we're, right. we're speaking yeah. to an audience that probably, you know, understands spirituality sure. in that way. Um, but certainly it's the essence of a human that exists beyond the physical body. Right. What's your split? What's your percentage of? Um, I would say probably um, more than half of my clients would not consider themselves spiritual. They would probably consider their their church is probably corporate America, and their priest is probably the CEO. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I would say the vast majority of the population that I serve are no, don't consider themselves spiritual at all. Okay. And so you actually bring in a lot of your clarities in your work, yep. correct? Yeah. So how does that work? So the way that I experience it is is this person in front of me, I actually experience almost like a beam of light going down into their head. <laughs> and um, I really communicate with that essence. It's their higher self. It's their guides. It's 
um, anything it's anything that really supports their connection to unity, mm-hmm. right? And I will be shown visions. I will hear clear audience through music. I hear it's funny as I'm hearing myself say this. I'm like I could I could totally frame this up in the pathological model, saying, "Wow, are you hallucinating? Are you <laughs> are you psychotic?" <laughs> Which is really funny. I, it was actually just um, uh, Stanislav Grof is a great theorist. He actually was. Um, back in the 60s, I think is where he started. And he's actually the um, father of transpersonal psychology. He was just talking about um, what's the difference between a mystic experience and a psychotic episode. Yeah. And really, There's it no just difference. depends on who you see. <laughs> How they're going to label you. you you're either psychotic or you're having a mystical experience. <laughs> uh, so when I listen to Russell say that, I'm, I'm hearing the constructs come in. of like, wow, are you hallucinating? But it's, it's, it's fine. I see how it works. It really helps people. But I'm able to... Um, communicate and make contact with either their guides or their higher version of their of the, who they are. And although they're saying from their perspective, so again, their distortion from below the line, mm-hmm. then that's who that's who I'm connecting with is they're above the line. And I'm, I'm trying to make that um, difference. Okay. I'm trying to reconcile that. Are you still doing that even if the person isn't consciously aware? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, there's definitely. no way you can stop no, no it's that. right there. It's right in front of my face. And they don't even have to know that it's there. I'm, I'm actually communicating with them on multiple levels at the same time. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So how can my listeners book a session with you or contact you? Um, so I um, I have a website, kimgarlandtherapy.com. Um, and uh, you can actually, uh, there's a place on there that you can actually book online. Also, if I know that can be costly for some people. One of the other things I offer to people is I have a show called New Understandings. It's on YouTube. Um, you can also find that on my website, the show, and you can become a guest on that show with um, me and my co-host if you're wanting to explore something on that show. So it's New Understandings on YouTube as well as you can book bri- private sessions with me, obviously. Awesome. Well. well, thanks again for thank being here you. today. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to Eric, my talented producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as my podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. And if you really love the show and have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya.